It's Arbor Day. Almost a century before the first Earth Day in 1970, Nebraskans were celebrating their popular tree planting holiday, and now that tradition continues worldwide. Arbor Day is a holiday in which individuals and groups are encouraged to plant trees. Today, by the way, is Friday, April 24th, and not to knock Arbor Day or anything, but did you know that trees do not produce most of the Earth's oxygen? Trees do a respectable amount by providing 21% of the oxygen in Earth's atmosphere, but the heavy lifters here, providing at least 70%, is from phytoplankton, microscopic ocean algae. So who wants to lead the charge on creating the much-needed holiday of Phytoplankton Day? Hi and hello! You have found the podcast for moms who don't have time for podcasts. Edit! Or maybe this is the podcast for moms who have nothing but time. (laughs) You can think of me as your internet bestie as we share recommendations, laugh about the ridiculous things we see online, and cheer each other on. I'm Indiana Adams, and today, by the way, is the short and sweet podcast that hopefully brightens your day. I am so glad you're here. Momlog. Day 40 of the official COVID-19 social distancing protocol. When I think about the significance of 40 days in quarantine, my head starts spinning a little bit. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. Noah was on the ark for 40 days, and we have been officially isolating for 40 days, more than a month now. The kids really do still miss their friends, but for some reason, we are just over Marco Polo and Zoom. I'm finding that I'm actually online more during this quarantine. We all miss our friends, but I think the novelty of video chats has worn off, and we know... We know, we know, we know that a group video chat is a poor substitute for in-person camaraderie. I keep telling the kids to imagine the celebration that's going to take place when we can all be together again. It's going to be glorious. But when will that be? Even with restrictions lifted, when will we be able to go in public again and feel free like before? I noticed yesterday as I walked past someone on the sidewalk outside the grocery store that I whipped my face around so that my face wasn't facing him. I did this without a thought, automatically, instinctually, whereas before I would have tried to make eye contact and given a polite head nod or at the very least do that straight mouthed grimace thing that we all do to say, I see you. We are both humans that exist. Here's a not quite smile so I don't seem freakishly overly friendly, but I want to acknowledge you. (laughs) I don't do any of that anymore. This thing has rewired me. I keep talking about when this all goes back to normal, but maybe we've all been rewired a little bit. It's like, it's like our post 9-11 lives. I don't bat an eye about having to take my shoes off at the airport or have my body scanned. It's just how it is now. So I'm wondering, in what other ways will this change us? I don't act anymore, and I haven't in a really long time. But the number two search query on my blog is Friday Night Lights, right behind overalls and just before birth story. Friday Night Lights was a television show that was on NBC for five glorious seasons from 2006 to 2011. Okay, well, not all of those seasons were glorious. Season two was 
downright weird. Nonetheless, a decade ago, it was a show on TV, and I worked for them as just an extra during seasons one and two. When I did a listener survey back in December, the number two topic requested was, will you talk about your time on Friday Night Lights? Just after, will you share your birth stories? And just before, why did you quit homeschooling? And maybe one day I will get to those. But today, being a Friday and all, and a sector of our country being all abuzz about the virtual NFL draft, I thought I could answer some of the questions I get about my time on Friday Night Lights. Clearly, you are curious. And maybe some of you are binge watching it. It's on Stars with a Z, which means you can get it as an add-on to Hulu or Amazon. But here's a tip. You can stream it for free on NBC.com right now. And I want to say that Coach Taylor and Tammy Taylor's marriage is one of my favorite marriages from modern television. It took me 10 years to feel comfortable about talking about this crazy throwback in my life. But here goes. First up, people want to know, how did I get on the show? Well, it was 2006, and Chris and I had just moved to Austin from California. I had no job and started Googling for acting work in Austin. I saw that a TV show called Friday Night Lights was recruiting high school-looking extras via MySpace. So on a Wednesday, I ran to the mall and got some truly awful headshots at Glamour Shots. Please do not judge me for this. I needed a place who could do my hair and makeup and give me a headshot that very same day. And I did not own a digital camera. And then that night, I uploaded my photo to a database that the person who was casting the extras had. And then I was called into work that Friday night for a diner scene. Immediately post-college, I was not at the point in my acting career where extra work was beneath me. A casting agent in Texas later told me that extras are props that eat, and if I wanted to take my craft as an actor seriously, then I wouldn't deign to do it anymore. Blah, blah, whatever. It was fun, and I really liked watching real actors work. Question two, what did you do for the show? It is important to note here that I was only an extra. Extra work is 95% waiting around, 4% walking or sitting really far away from the actors and never being recognized on camera, and then 1% being a blur in a scene for like a tenth of a second. Because I was not otherwise gainfully employed, I ended up becoming what was called a core extra, meaning I worked three to five days a week anytime they needed high school looking people. For two years, this was my real job. For the first season on Friday Night Lights, I was a rally girl, which I think just means a groupie for the football players. <laughs> in my head, I was Smash's number one groupie. For season two, the extras casting department was really sick of me asking to work on the same days as my friend Andrea, who is a Panther cheerleader and who sometimes stayed with us since she lived in Dallas. So they asked if I had any cheerleading experience, and I said, yes, I cheered in college. Oh, really? Would you like to be bumped up to be a core Panther cheerleader? Yes, please. The pay was slightly better. I'd have more to do on set, and plus I'd get to be with my friend. Question three, did you make money? Well, I was paid, but I wasn't paid very much. The pay was $78 for eight hours of work, and I had to be available to work overtime up to 18 hours a day. But we would be paid time and a half for anything, I think, over 12 hours. I was also paid bumps sometimes, so like an extra $25 or $50 if I had a swimsuit scene, which I think I had four times, or if I had to kiss someone. 
The kissing happened maybe two or three times. And when I transitioned over as a Panther cheerleader, I made slightly more money. I made $125 per eight hours because we had to do a little bit of cheerleading, like some chants and an occasional kick and an occasional jump. I was 26 years old, so I still had it. I do not think I could do that today. However, the work was flexible. If I got called in, I could say that I didn't want to go. And that was important to me because I was auditioning for other acting work. And I would often have to mark myself as not available if I had an audition or if I wanted to take time off to do a play. Question four, what was your first day on set like? I knew no one and I knew nothing about the show and I came on during episode five. I only say this because a lot of the other extras were working with their friends or they had been a part of the pilot months and months earlier or they had made friends with each other in the weeks filming the previous four episodes. When I got to set, which was at a diner near downtown Austin that does not exist anymore, Tony, who was one of the incredible PAs that I got to know over the next couple years, he asked me if I would like to be bumped up to the role of hot girl number one. It was my first day on set. I had no idea what that even meant. But yeah, who wouldn't want to be hot girl number one over diner patron or nameless extra? So I said, absolutely. What, whatever you need me to do, boss. And then he sent me to hair and makeup. And I would later find out that this was not at all the norm. I was soon joined by hot girl two. And they placed us in a parking lot and told us to walk past the camera on action. Being the dutiful extra that I was, I walked past the camera on action, and then some guy started catcalling me. Hey, hey, where you going there, girl? Hey, baby, come on back here and bless me. I was an extra, and so I knew to keep my mouth shut and to keep walking. I smiled at him, I flipped my hair, and I did it again and again until they said cut. They had me mouth high or hey smash, without a microphone, and then I was sent to the side of the building to wait and wait. About an hour later, they told me I could go home, and that was the easiest $78 I ever made, and it would never be that glamorous or that fast again on set. Hey friends, a quick timeout on this Q&A about FNL to spotlight the two companies that made today's episode possible. I wanna thank you for supporting the brands that love our community. I only work with companies that I can personally vouch for, companies that I think you'll love. So thank you for checking them out. I know that finding the perfect present for moms or mother-in-laws can be tough, especially now when a lot of us don't have the ability to celebrate Mother's Day together in person. You know that I am all about thoughtful gifts, and one of the best gifts we've ever given Chris's parents has been the chance to connect with us and our children through StoryWorth, which you may remember me mentioning in a gift ideas episode last December. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions and their memories and personal thoughts. It's the gift of spending time together wherever you live. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family members different story prompts, Questions you may have never thought to ask, like, what were your grandparents like? Or tell me about your first big trip. Reading the answers from Chris's parents has been so sweet. We've been able to learn more about Chris's mom's childhood in Louisiana, including the fact that her grandmother may have been the one who inspired her own love of beautiful jewelry and home furnishings. Here's what I love most about StoryWorth. 
After one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo we choose to include into a lovely keepsake book that's shipped for free. And you can pay for extra copies of the book. My family will treasure these books forever, and I can have copies made for Chris's siblings this Christmas. Give your mom the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash today, by the way. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash today, by the way, for $10 off. A few of you have reached out to tell me thank you for recommending Skylight as a gift for your mom or mother-in-law. Don't forget that Mother's Day is coming up, and if you are still looking for the perfect gift, may I also recommend Skylight? Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame that would make the perfect Mother's Day gift for you or someone you love, especially now. We got Chris's mom a Skylight frame for Christmas, and now I have one for myself. You can email photos right to the frame, and they appear in seconds. I uploaded photos going back to when I was pregnant with Jude, photos that previously only lived on my phone or my computer's backup. So now we all get to enjoy them all the time, and my kids get to see photos they've never seen before. The frame is so easy to set up. You just plug it in, connect it to your Wi-Fi, and there you go. You can share the frame's email address with others so the frame can get populated with surprise photos of your loved ones from all over. If you're giving this gift for Mother's Day, you can even preload it with photos and then FaceTime her as you send more photos to the frame. With all that's going on in the world, this is a gift that can truly help you feel more connected. Right now, as a special holiday offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com btw and enter code btw. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com btw and enter code btw. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash btw. And now, halftime's over. Back to the show. Question five is, so what was it really like? I would say that it was boring, but fun. But it was also really very high school, and I, I just wasn't into that part at all. The work itself was super boring, especially because I wanted to act, not be a prop who ate. But when I finally made good friends on set, it was a blast. Strangely, it did start to feel like actual high school, but we were all post-college. I mean, I was married and 26 years old. Rally girls hung out with rally girls. Cheerleaders hung out with cheerleaders. Football players hung out with football players. I don't think this was on purpose. It's just who we were always grouped with. So over time, these are the people you get to know. Question six is what people really want to know. They want to know, what were the real actors like, and did you get to know any of them? At the time, I think everyone except for Kyle Chandler, who played Coach Taylor, was an kind of unknown talent. And I am happy to report that the main actors were not snobby or mean at all. In fact, the cast treated the core extras with kindness. Some of the main cast dated some of the core extras, so some of us ended up at the same parties. I have no major dirt to spill. On the contrary, again, let me reiterate that I was an extra, so it's not like I was hobnobbing with any of these folks in any meaningful ways, but my roommate was dating someone from the main cast and was previously roommates with a different main cast member, so I did have a little sneak peek behind the curtain, if you you will. 
I know, I know. You want the specifics. So here is what I remember from 2007-slash-2008-ish. Kyle Chandler was the nicest man on the planet. No joke. He was a volunteer fireman while he was working as Coach Taylor. Can you imagine your house is on fire or you smell a gas leak and then Coach Taylor is the guy who shows up? I once saw him ask the director to give a little girl a line to say because it was her birthday. And please note, once you're mic'd up and have a line on TV, the pay goes from $78 to $700 and you get episode residuals on that. Scott Porter, who played Jason Street, was really funny and very friendly. He needs to have a podcast called Friday Night Bites, where he recaps the show Office Lady style with someone else from the show. I would listen to that. I would totally listen to that. And he'd be really good at that job. Okay, Taylor Kitsch, he played Riggins. He was low key, but kind of goofy. For a little bit, he was dating Minka Kelly, who was playing Lila. And Minka... She was such a hard worker, and I don't know if she ever really got credit for that, and she was an animal lover. She always had her little dog Chewy with her, and up close and personal, her skin glowed from within. Zach Guilford played Saracen, and again, he was a really down-to-earth guy. In season one, he threw a super chill get-together at his apartment, and he invited a lot of the core extras and some of the younger cast and crew, which is just really rad of him. There were a lot of jello shots, and I think I spent most of the time talking to his roommate's dog because I am that person at a party. (laughs) But I do remember that the guy who played Smash was there, Gaius Charles, and he loved the Lord, and he was super smart and very, very kind, probably the person who is least like his character. And then finally, Jesse Plemons, who played Landry, and then later Todd on Breaking Bad, I just need someone from 2008 to validate the fact that I said that this kid would be the breakout star of that show. While I hated the I killed a guy and ditched his body subplot in season two. Reminder, there was a writer strike during season two, so we were not working with our first string writers. I will say that Jesse Plemons showcased the best acting chops of any of those kids on the show during that season. And I told him so on MySpace. (laughs) I hope he printed that out and saved it. I say this and people scoff, but I have said it for years now, but this guy, Jesse Plemons, is the Philip Seymour Hoffman of our time, Um, but you know, hopefully without the tragic ending. I feel like he's winning. He has a baby with Kirsten Dunst now. He was brilliant in Black Mirror and Fargo and Game Night, and he has more upcoming projects than any other of the main cast members of FNL. So I'm just going to say I told you so, everyone. I told you so. You can go back and rewatch this show to confirm my opinion on that. And if you want to play a really lame and difficult game of Where's Waldo, you can play Where's Indiana with me. You can get a clear look at me during Season 1, Episode 5, Being Hit On By Smash, Episode 9, Being Mean To Lila, Episode 14, In A Hot Tub With Saracen, and 15, Playing Powder Puff. I'm number 14 on the white team. I'm not sure about Season 2 because... I can't bear to watch that season again. It was so terrible, but (laughs) I know that I'm in episode two line dancing, and I assume that you might be able to get a glimpse of me anytime there's a Panther football game. Just look for my long black ponytail and the white ribbon in the Panther uniform. 
Okay, friend, that's it for today. We have show notes at todaybytheway.com slash episodes with pictures galore from these glory days. But that's also where you can sign up to get this week, by the way, our once a week Wednesday emails that have been including a teeny tiny mini episode that you can stream right there in the email. Tonight, I'll be on Instagram Live at Indiana Adams at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are invited to be my co-host. We did this as an experiment last Friday, and it ended up being so much fun that I want to do it again. In Instagram Live, you can request to go live with me, so I'll try to tag in as many of you who want to be tagged in, and we can play an Ask Me Anything kind of game. I'll be doing a face mask, the beauty kind, not the medical kind, and I invite you to don one too and join us for Friday Night Face Off. I would love more input about this show. If you have a question you want me to answer or something you want me to talk about, your ideas are always welcome. After all, this is our show, not my show. So put your producer hat on and send your ideas to me on Instagram or via email or through the contact page on todaybytheway.com. It is finally Friday. You made it through another week of this. You were not told thank you enough for all that you're doing. So thank you. Whether it feels like it or not, you are loved and you are appreciated. Plus, you're really funny. You just haven't had enough people around you to laugh at your jokes lately, but don't you worry. You're funny. Today is a new day, and friend, I am cheering you on.